0: In this podcast, I will be having conversations about where our experience of life comes from. My goal is to support GPs in the overwhelming job that they do. The good news is that you can hang up your superhero cape and let go of needing to be everything to everyone. So, today I'm catching up with a GP colleague and great friend whom I've worked with for actually more years than I care to remember um, in general practice as well as in the PCT many years ago and CCG in the areas of uh, GP education, mentoring, and clinical leadership. So, hi, Melanie, it's great to talk to you. Hi. And I'm hoping that you can uh, give our listeners some idea of how you manage to balance your busy life as a GP with some of the other roles that you're involved in, as well as, you know, busy family life. And um, how you manage to kind of sail through that and continue to thrive, even if it doesn't always feel like that. (laughs) Thank you, Joe, And um, thank
1: you for giving me the opportunity really to share um, how, how I manage. Um, and I use the word manage very lightly, but how I manage my my day or um, my life. So, yes. Yeah, so as you as you quite rightly said, I have worked in general practice for a, a long time um, and also do um, education, GP education, which I've been doing for 15 years. Um, I'm an appraiser and mentor and do um, lead have been involved in very many leadership roles as you say one of the reasons um, I liked to talk about how I how I sort of I, I don't like to use the word juggle because I think that gives an element of of struggling um, and I, I definitely don't feel that I struggle with my with the job that I do I don't do a single job as I've sort of just mentioned I do various different aspects to a role that I see as one one with just different spokes so it's all almost like having that hub you know the very classical term in nhs england the hub and spoke model there's me in the middle and I do various different sort of supporting roles to support my main my main role as a, as a gp and i think it's how you look at what you do that's important so i mean in leadership sort of language and leadership sort of um the way that we've talked in leadership models before is we talk about zones of power and, you know, circle of influence. And, and those terms, you know, they they are actually very important and very meaningful to me because when I, when I get up in the morning and I think, Oh gosh, I've got this, 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 and this immediately, you can have that sense of overwhelm. How am I, how on earth am I going to fit all of this into my day? And, you know, uh, many of the people around me, family, friends, will will laugh when I tell you you know this that I always quote that time is a human construct um, that quantum physics says time doesn't exist so therefore let me pack as much stuff as I can into a day um, and feel privileged for doing so but when I get up in the morning and I think about all, all that I have to do I do try to refocus um how I look at that and the way that I do that is I look at it as opportunities so instead of writing a job list I write an opportunity list And I say that, you know, very sincerely, because if you have the outlook on what you have to do as an opportunity to do something good, to make you feel good, patients feel good, somebody else feel good, or to help or to, you know, in that very altruistic manner, you look at it in a very positive way. And you don't see it as, you know, it helps to not see it as overwhelming, but more of an opportunity. And that then alters your state of how you feel. And the way that I, you know, and I I share this with my children, I share this with my colleagues, when we feel overwhelmed by what we have to do, it immediately puts a different pair of glasses on and you look at it all in a very negative way. And it's like, well, I, I can't possibly get to that meeting and I can't possibly do this, this and this and this. There's just not enough time to do it all. Where take a step back, have these glasses on that say, well, this is an opportunity for me to be able to share this and for me to be able to do that. That's how I ultimately feel that I've got more control and more power over what I'm doing, because I have decided that, that they are all things that I want to do, that I see as an opportunity to do. Even if somebody else has asked me to do it, because I've obviously said yes to it, um, I've, I've giving myself that opportunity to be able to do that, that particular role or that particular job. And I think, yeah, that's, that's the baseline, I would say, of how I do handle all the different aspects of of the roles that I do I love does that that make sense
0: yeah that makes perfect sense and I love the idea of actually having an opportunity list instead of a to-do list it just turns that round doesn't it to absolutely yeah something to look forward to and there's something very nice
1: (laughs) about I'm a very visual person so I like to have drawings and pictures up and flip charts and say I've got to do this this and this and they can be quite messy <laughs> the the nice thing about having opportunity lists as it were is that when you tick it off there's a great sense of achievement that you get and that creates those positive feelings about having done you know as much or many things that you wanted to do you know for that day yeah. and sometimes you don't get it all done and that's fine because you have done some of them um, and I use, um, as you will remember, I use spider diagrams or, you know, picture picture things all the time. Um, and I can show you on a daily basis. <laughs> I have a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and they are just all um, literally uh, webs of central. It will say Thursday and chat with Joe this morning. Um, fill in a report in the afternoon I've got to do surgery this afternoon as well and I've got to talk to a mentor later on and it, they're all opportunities for me and the moment I've crossed those off I can feel good about having achieved that part of that 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 list as it were I mean they're not literally one two three four lists they are spider diagram lists but yeah. they you know they help me from an emotional perspective feel good about the amount of work that I'm doing so, I don't see it negatively. And it's been quite a helpful concept or, or way of describing what you need to do with my children. So, yeah. you know, they might be doing their AS level exam work at the moment, but they've got an opportunity to walk the dog around the block, which will make the dog feel good, but also get them some fresh air. You know, they don't necessarily see emptying the dishwasher as an opportunity, but <laughs> I see it as an opportunity to help mama. So, Daylight. <laughs> like. um so yeah it's it's as a concept I think it works no matter whether you're talking about doing a you know a general practice job or whether you're talking about trying to settle your day for exam revision or whether you're talking about trying to work out how many meetings you've got to work out in a day it's just a nice way of getting out of that um feeling
0: of overwhelm yeah and and I, I love the fact that you've recognize that time actually is a human construct in it's the the old Douglas Adams quote time is an illusion lunchtime doubly so but um, (laughs) it's absolutely true how time goes depends so much on what we're doing how much we're absorbed in it how much we're enjoying it whether we're bored and it makes such a difference to our perception. But I I was wondering, I mean, um, a lot of our colleagues are finding general practice really overwhelming at the moment. Yes. The, the demand is huge, isn't it? And I wonder how your different roles in education, mentoring, appraisal, all those things, how those help you to enjoy being in practice and
1: very much so they they do and part of that is through recognizing again like i said before seeing them as opportunities yeah. of it's it's like when we when we do when we're at medical school and one of the ways that you learn consultation skills roger neighbor is is housekeeping And, you know, you have a patient, they, you know, offload everything to you. You take it all on, you support them, you help them. And then that can leave you feeling quite, you know, emotionally exhausted. And so you housekeep, you do something else. And I use that concept in what I do generally. So my housekeeping, if you like, in general practice and how I manage it is thinking, well, I haven't got to do this all day today because at lunchtime, I'm having a chat with Joe and in the afternoon, uh, uh, I've got a 20 minute slot to do X and it keeps me focused and that role varied. So I'm still concentrating when I'm actually in surgery, but I know that when I get to the end of my surgery, my last patient quarter past four, and I'm done, I can leave the paperwork, but I can go on to do, um, you know, look at the educational event that I've got planned for next month and start doing a bit of networking for that. And that's something to look forward to then at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, and don't get me wrong, sometimes you know, we forget. And because we're humans, it's okay to forget. And it's okay to, you know, lose your way and then get off the track of thinking, okay, this is great. It's an opportunity. I'm so busy. Um, We, you know, and we can have very, very stressful days. And I, you know, I've had a few this week where, you know, for one thing or another, the day job itself has been very, very busy. Um, In fact, I was talking to a colleague yesterday and I was like, oh my gosh, it's been so busy. I can't, I haven't got time to think, you know. And he said, I hear you. You said time. And he said, you need to listen to Gandalf. And I said, what? (laughs) Um, And he quoted, um, it's not for us to choose the time we live in but to choose what we do with the time that has been given to us. And he literally said it in that sort of voice. And I went home and I said, oh my God, that's amazing. You've got to text me that. I'm going to go home and share it with my children. But it's a, it, was, it was very powerful in that just that two-minute conversation, jokes aside, that two-minute conversation did make a difference to me. Because it reminded me that, again, time is a human construct, that... It's not, it's for us to decide what we do in that time and to make it the best time that we can, because that's within our gift to do so. And when I mentor my GP colleagues who are, who are struggling, in art, I ask them to sit in silence and reflect for a minute on what they've just told me that they've got to do and how they feel overwhelmed about it. And then maybe put a little frame around that if it was a list. And put that frame to be as bright and colourful and whatever beautiful pictures or colours that they like. And now feedback to me what they have to do and say them to me as opportunities to do things. And just that reframing of how you view the stresses, as it were, in in your day or that time can make a huge difference to how they feel or how we feel, I should say. It's easy to say all this because, of course, you don't always do it to yourself. Um, but it's it's very helpful um, to, to to connect with another human being who's in a similar situation to you and, and go through this because it reminds you that it's absolute – these are all truths. You know, yes. time, it's a truth. And it, how we forget that is also a truth. <laughs> so it's just a, a little reminder and touching base with someone and connecting with someone – And it it is a way of housekeeping and then it is a way of reminding yourself of the truth that actually it is within our power to to look at our list and say, oh, actually, I'm not ready and I don't have the capacity to do X or Y. It's not an opportunity. So I'm going to remove it Mm. because that's the other aspect of looking at your of your opportunity list is what is a true opportunity and what really isn't. And if it's
0: not, say no and we're not very good sometimes at saying no are we mm-hmm. they, I think we've been brought up in many ways uh, to say yes immediately without reflecting first and without kind of thinking if I say yes to this what am I saying no to so, Absolutely. so how are you finding that these days it sounds like you're quite clear about what isn't an opportunity to you
1: um I I think so and I think it's it's many years ago and I I used to work in a a very big practice a different practice I had a very interesting conversation with one of the senior partners as it were at the time who said to me (laughs) don't if you're not paid don't even lick a stamp and I remember thinking gosh that's a bit harsh um, you know, should oh, I don't I don't even lick a stump if I'm not paid to do it. Value your time. Value your time, Melanie. And I remember thinking at the time that, you know, gosh, I never I've, I never want to be like that. <laughs> but actually the concept of what what they were saying to me really rings true now is if we do value our own time, we value our time with our family, we value our time at work, we value our time in, in an education job, we value our time as an appraiser. If you do value your time and the value and the word opportunity are linked together, mm. it is much easier to to be able to look at things in a positive way, no matter how busy you are, because you do you are valuing what you're doing. When you put a value on yourself and you give yourself self praise and you give yourself self, um, you know, self love, yeah. you are much more um, you feel much more. Comfortable and happier in yourself, and we know that the evidence. Because a lot of people like evidence, as we've spoken about before. The evidence is always when you feel good about yourself, you are much more productive and you are much more effective when you feel good. So you know, five minutes giving yourself a bit of, you know, self care and self love is is massive for me. And I've I myself have been listening to to podcasts on on this very topic, and I I've taken up this every you know as a housekeeping five minutes of self appraise you know self-praise well done for doing that it's almost like talking to yourself and yeah. well done for managing to get through that because I know you're worried about that <laughs> that's great um because it does again it gives you that sense of I'm I'm in control of what I'm doing here and I'm in that you know it's my it's within my power of, of um, influence to be able to do this job because that's what I want to do and if it isn't something I don't want to do I just don't do it and I say look I'm really sorry I, I'm not able to And I think I'm getting better at that as time goes on, which is for me is vital rather than going the other way around. Um, more recently I was doing a role that you know I was doing in my own time because of my interest in it. And I I turned around and said to the organizers, look, actually I'm very happy to continue with this and to help you with that, but you're gonna have to support my role for doing it. So and it allows me to take time out to do it. So it's an opportunity rather than a cost to me. And, you know, they said, yeah, no problem. I thought, like, gosh, why didn't I do that last year? <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it and I didn't do it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's about taking a bit of time to reflect, really, yeah. and see what I've done, what, where I'm at, and just checking in. Yeah. How much have I got going on? Have I got too much? Do I need to let go of something? What's the opportunity cost here? If I take that on, what have I, what have I got to, what's it costing me? And that sort of sense check is is self-care for me. That's, and that's how, essentially, that's how I try to manage my, my day and my week.
0: Yeah, that sounds very effective. And kind of you alluded to uh, money in terms of the value of your time, but this isn't all about money, is it? I no. mean, money is also a human construct. Uh, as yeah, absolutely. Is. Absolutely. So it's valuing the opportunity and thinking about opportunity cost rather than financial cost, which may be involved, but isn't nearly as important as the opportunity
1: cost. Very, very often, in what you know, what we're seeing at the moment in general practice and mentoring is not about money, actually. It's about time and valuing home time and self-time. And you know, there is because as you say money is a human construct completely and it's the cause of stress as is time you, yes. you speak to anybody that's stressed usually there is an element of not doing something on time or not having enough time or not reaching that on time the word time and then the word money are always linked in and actually the moment you step back and say well both of those things are human construct yes we we do have because they're human constructs we do have to live by other people's times and I can't just pitch up to surgery when I feel like it there is a responsibility but recognizing that it is a human construct and it isn't a a fixed um a a fixed concept that we've created that gives you that fluidity in being able to manage it yeah and I think that's where that you know going back to the circle of influence going back to the things that you can influence you might not be able to influence the number of minutes in an hour but you can influence how many minutes you spend doing something because that's your opportunity. And that comes at a cost. Mm. So it all, it, you know, for me, it's all about reflection and looking back on take a step back for a moment, look at what you've got to do, what the opportunity cost is, how much time you've got, and then recognizing that that's within your influence to change.
0: Yeah. And I'm interested in the, um, in the impact of flow on time as well. So that sense of being in flow and being outside time. So you might have a time limit around it, but you're not focusing on that. You're so in the flow of what you're doing. And that could be talking to patients, sorting out their clinical problems, or it could be planning a workshop or an educational event, whatever it is. And yet there's a part of you outside that, that is kind of keeping time. Am I making sense? Absolutely. There? And I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there as far as I'm concerned. That's
1: exactly how I feel. I you know, often feel that like you're within the constraint of a certain time, say for example, in <laughs> surgery, but it, it is very fluid and how you manage it. And you know, we've all been in those conversations where we've got really into a conversation with another human being, we've connected. And we've completely lost track of time. And, you know, all of a sudden it's like an hour later and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I was only going to talk to you for five minutes. <laughs> and that's because when we're really in zone and in connection with somebody else, you do lose, you do literally lose track of that human construct of time. But the, the valuable part of that is the connection that you've made. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm a, a big, big, big believer that, you know, we shouldn't be fixed to time, that it's there to guide us. Not to to constrain us, and yeah. the moment you realise that, I think you have a real sense of freedom and a sense of power over your own management of your own day.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And you also mentioned the uh, the impact of connection with colleagues. So you had that, you know, very short interchange with one of your partners yesterday mm. about Gandalf. Yeah. And- And that switched things completely for you, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I walked
1: out of his room and just, you know, I had a big (laughs) smile on my face. (laughs) I thought, I can't wait to go and tell my children this quote. And it just shifted my state. That connection for just five minutes, and it was literally a five minute rant to go in there and you know arms in the air oh my god and then all of a sudden I walked out with this massive smile on my face feeling quite light-hearted and it was the shift in the state um, yeah. that was so powerful to me and in fact I went home and, and when I got back I, I did send the message and said know, yeah, thanks so much for that because that's <laughs> had a much bigger impact than you could possibly know <laughs> and you know just had a bit of a, a laugh about it but I think it, it's true that you can touch base with someone just for a few moments, whether that's as a text, an email, or a conversation. And it is a way of housekeeping. You've, you've let that person know yeah. you're thinking of them, and that can make them feel really good, yes. you know. It, particularly in general practice, it's very easy to work almost in a silo. You're stuck in your room. It's one after another, call after another, call after another, patient after another, patient, and you don't see anybody else. You don't mm. see your colleagues. Um. And it's it, it's easy for, to see how that can lead to isolation, lead to stress, lead to burnout. Yeah. And the way that you know I try and avoid that is is going around like you know I'm often known as the Duracell buddy walking around annoyingly to, to go and say hello to <laughs> everyone. But it's part of that is for me, yeah, because it does help me. But part of it is 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 more altruistic. It's to try and get other people to connect and engage as well. And you know you know, feedback when I'm not around is, oh, so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that, but okay. Um, and it's because I genuinely do believe that the, the more you talk and connect with other people, no matter how busy you are, the less constrained by time you actually get, and therefore the less pressure you feel. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's how I manage my day. That's how I get through. If I was to be locked in a room from morning
0: to... Till- you know lunch I'm at. I i don't think i could <laughs> go no no I, I think the temptation can be in that situation with a very busy surgery and seeing the all the extras put on at the end that you just think i've just got to get through this get my head down get through it yeah. and not move not even you know have a cup of tea or go to the loo or anything like that but not see a non-patient person for the whole of that you know three or four hours and and actually it doesn't help does it so you're re-energizing yourself by those interactions and re-energizing everyone else so you know much more energy than our duracell bunny even really (laughs) yes this is very true yeah it's more more like a dynamo (laughs) i think
1: Yes. I think, I think that's a very, uh, that's a very good concept. <laughs> <I> <laughs> like that one. Um, but yeah, no, I, and I think, like I said, I, I, I like to take a few minutes to reflect on where I'm at every, you know, every few patients. And I mm. think that's important because you can lose your way and you can get stuck in it. You get stuck in the thick of, you know, a difficult consult or a difficult, um, um, you know management plan to to work out and sometimes you know like with most things the moment you take a step back and look at it it doesn't feel quite as
0: as as bad (laughs) as as you you feel at the time yeah so that reflection time is so valuable isn't it really is um and the connection so, I you know, I think you've given our listeners a huge amount to think about in terms of how to prevent burnout, how to prevent the feeling of overwhelm during a busy day, a busy week, you know, a busy month. And it's all kind of, um, I, it's all ballooned out of all proportion as far as yeah, I absolutely, think. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
1: And I think one of the, i was reading i'm unsure to be able to recall exactly where about burnout and the phrase itself you know maybe 10 15 years ago was it was quite it was there but it was it was probably rare and you know it was the end point if you get to burnout yes whereas now what you're seeing is Yes, there is burnout, and people are leaving the profession, or leaving partnership, or leaving salaried And you know, there is definitely a real presence of burnout in this in our system. But there's also the sense of incineration. Yeah. So it's a slow burnout. And I mentioned this to a colleague the other day. He said, "Oh, I don't like the term incineration." I said, "But that's the reality. The reality is it's a slow burn. Mm. You know, the burnout stage. By the time you get to that stage, it's it's at the end. It's too late." You know, and actually, what we are looking for is support during that this, the pre burnout stage, and supporting each other, and trying to look after our own health and well being yeah. before this get yeah. You get to that point of, of burnout. Um, so, although that the term incineration sounds very, um, you know, it's got a lot of negative connotations to it. If you look at it as a concept that a lot of us are going through at the moment with very difficult you know very difficult pressures upon us with post-covid post-pandemic work mm. to sort out there is that sense of you slowly incinerating well actually let's try and do something about that yeah. let's try and get involved here not at the burnout stage so yeah i think that you know having that recognition is
0: is is important yeah totally Thank you so much for your time and energy and for sharing <laughs> your experience with this Melanie. It's been a lovely conversation, which I've really enjoyed. Oh, thank you.
1: It's been it's been great. Um, really appreciate the opportunity, I think, to share how, how I feel. And you know, it, it's not necessarily for everybody, but it's 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 what's important for me. So yeah. thank you for thank you for thank you for the chat.
0: It's been lovely. <laughs>